This episode is brought to you by 9AM Health. 9AM Health, diabetes care that fits your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. You already know me, Taylor Danielle, here for another guest episode, and I'm really excited for this one because I learned so much in this conversation with Kylie, who is also known on Instagram at My Life with Modi. And if you don't know what Modi is, you're about to find out. Modi is another type of diabetes that a lot of people don't know exist. I surely didn't. And when I was on Instagram looking at other diabetes hashtags, I saw a post from her and I just knew that I had to learn more. I had to talk to her. And I'm so grateful that she was willing to lend her time to share her message today. So stay tuned. It's super informational. And make sure you go follow Kylie on Instagram because she shares so many grateful insights on living with Modi, on what Modi is, and how you yourself can ensure that if you're already a diabetic or maybe you're just not sure, that when you get tested, you can make sure your diagnosis is correct. Let's do it. Perfect. You're listening to Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. What's up, guys? I'm Taylor Danielle, and it's my goal to help millennial diabetics like myself live an amazing life without your diagnosis getting in the way. I get it. I was diagnosed back in 2015 with type 2 diabetes, and it was really hard to find people around my age to understand how to travel, socialize, or even have meaningful relationships. But I feel like with a focus on mindset, perspective, and nutrition, together we can take back our health and our lives. Consider this the red table talk, but for diabetics. E Minus the entanglement, so. So let's do it. Hi, Kylie. How are you doing today? Hi. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited for this conversation because I feel like I'm about to learn so much, um, and I won't give too much away. I mean, I know the title will probably explain a lot, but when I first came across your Instagram account, I was just like, what is this? Why don't I know about it? I need to learn more. And so I'm, I'm super stoked for us to get to sit down and chat. So thank you so much for lending me your time for a little bit to learn more about uh, your diabetic journey. Yeah, of course. Hopefully you do learn something. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I don't let you down in that. Uh, not at all. I think you will definitely provide uh, a lot of great information for a lot of people. But before we jump into that side of things, since I am the only person uh, who possibly knows who you are, I would love if you could just introduce yourself and let us know where you're from and what your passions are. Yeah. So my name is Kylie. I'm 27, almost 28 years old. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina with my husband and our two cats and two dogs. I am a board certified music therapist. So I work with individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities, as well as older adults with Alzheimer's and dementia. So music therapy is definitely one of my passions. I have a form of diabetes called Modi, and I'm assuming we'll get more into that in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm super excited because I've, I've talked to a couple of diabetic and non-diabetic friends and they're like, what is that? So I'm super stoked to get into that. So, but before we do, because you definitely live the diabetic lifestyle, I love to ask my diabetic guests, what is one misconception that you would just love to just shut it down right now, stop the madness, here is the correct answer 
please stop saying these things. What's one thing that you would want the the non-diabetic world to get the record straight on? For me, you'll see it, I say it all the time, just that there's more than two types of diabetes. I mean, it's so hard to get people to know that there's a difference between type one and type two. So imagine having a different type than that and being like, no, like, no, there's (laughs) multiple types. Yeah, There are quite a few types of diabetes. So that's the biggest one for me. Yeah, and and I have to say I'm I'm really glad that I'm learning so many more. I think the the second or I guess technically third type that I came into contact with was the the Lada or 1.5, which is becoming more and more common. And then you exposed me to Modi and type 3 and then there's type 3 A B C and I'm like, "Okay, we're just kind of going down a line here and I'm not even sure where it stops because it is, and it's constantly being misdiagnosed as type two. And I even uh, took a step further and got with my medical team. I'm like, all right, I've talked to a lot of women, especially who have been misdiagnosed as type two around my age. I'm 31. Currently I was diagnosed at 25 and I'm like, uh, did y'all get this right? Because you're not about to have me extra sick because you didn't get it right. Yeah. Which, after a while, I'm like, okay, I probably shouldn't say like you didn't get it right. Like it's it's such new information, it's so nuanced. We're trying to to play catch up on understanding the different variations. So it's so interesting. But yeah, I'm I'm on the same wave now of like, there's more than two types, and yeah. don't assume that if somebody says diabetic, they're instantly type one. I think one that's come up for me is like when I do say I'm type two, they're like, oh, so you just don't eat right, and it's just like. Yeah. And that's the other big misconception. (laughs) Yeah. The the worst one is that you somehow caused it yourself. Like, all right. Yeah. I I totally, when I go to bed every night, I was just like, please, please give me type two. No, (laughs) no, not it at all. said no one ever. Right. Ever. (laughs) Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for that because I think it, it flows right into the question that's on my mind and I'm sure everybody else's mind. What is Modi? Modi is a genetic form of diabetes caused by a gene mutation. Mm. So it's inherited. So I inherited this gene mutation from my dad who inherited it it from his mom. So most types of diabetes have some genetic component. So maybe you're inheriting a few different genes from your mom or dad that give you a greater risk Mm -hmm. for diabetes. But with Modi, when you get this gene mutation, you will have diabetes. It is one gene and that gene says you have diabetes. And so what the gene does is causes your pancreas to basically just not produce enough insulin Mm -hmm. in most cases. And then in one case in Modi 2, it just causes your body to have a higher base level for what your blood sugar is. So whereas a normal person might run 70 to what, 120, Mm -hmm. they're running 100 to 150 and that's just normal and even medication won't lower that. So interesting. So there's, (laughs) there's two types of Modi on top of that. Okay. We got it. We got to rename. So I, yeah, that's another thing. There are up to 15 types of Modi. Shit. (laughs) I I specifically have Modi three which is the H1, I, I'm going to mess that up, but it's a specific gene. And so each type of Modi is caused by a different gene mutation. Wow. And each type of Modi can present differently and have different like comorbid things that go along with it. Wow. 
your face right now. Yeah, because I'm just like, okay, so 15 different types, all gene related, all can be, uh, and and it, it just goes to show that everybody's diabetic journey is so unique, just like your health in general is so unique. I, I don't even... I don't even know how to get to the next question right now because I'm just like 15. Now that is my lucky number. So I'm like, well, but uh, <laughs> it's just crazy because to think that, so both of my parents were type two and, and I knew that it ran on my mom's side, on her, my mom's side and her mom's side back in Asia. So I was like, okay, this is a thing to look out for. And then my dad uh, was diagnosed also, both of them were pretty, pretty late in age. And then my grandma on my dad's side, but I don't know if there's a full history there between my, my grandma and my grandpa, if that's a thing. And that's something that's always come up is like, it's possibly a genetic thing for me. And mm-hmm. so that's why I was like, okay, I need to be mindful because it could creep up. And it did. I actually spent the year prior to my diagnosis trying to prevent it, but I went about it the wrong way. I was doing all the fad crash diets and that's oh, yeah. sustainable. But even realizing like, okay, if I want to have kids, I have to think about that to really understand myself in and out, including my diagnosis to know that when this comes up, if we decide that we want to do that, then I need to kind of have a, a head start on understanding that, you know, because then there's a whole, we're automatically high risk when we're pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know? It's not about, are you going to have gast- gastrational? I always mess up that word. Gestational. Gestational. Lord Jesus, <laughs> they need to come up with better words. Pregnant diabetes. Can you just say that? <laughs> Can you just say that? Because that that these long words are just unnecessary. Anyways, but even that, and then to come out of it, and it's like, hey, you might pass this on to your child, and and not make it seem like it's a bad thing. It's just a thing. Yeah. You know? So that's another thing with Modi as well is that it's so genetic. You have a fifty percent chance of passing it on mm-hmm. to each one of your children. So kind of with type one and type two, it's like, oh, there is a chance, but it's definitely not as high as with Modi. Sure. So that's something I'm, yeah, currently dealing with. And like you said, like there's so much preparation that goes into thinking about having kids when you have diabetes. And so for me, part of that has been my children Mm -hmm. could very well have diabetes as well. And so do I feel guilty about that? Do I just know that I'm extra prepared if that is the case and kind of dealing with all that goes into knowing that? Yeah. Yeah. That it's, it's, it makes it so fascinating because you're just like, for us, it's normal at this point. And, and to some degree, there's a part, at least I know in my journey, when I was still in denial, the first two years, I was just like, I don't want this to be my normal. Right. And I wouldn't want this to be for anybody else because it is such a crazy disease to have. But at the same time, you see so many people who are like kicking ass, honestly. And it's like, if I have to, as type twos, you see a lot of people in the type two space, like, oh, reversing or remission or still trying to find the language. And I'm like, yeah, when I first started this platform, that was my goal. But, you know, at this point, I just want to be healthy. And if that means that I got to take medication for it, if that means that I have to do all these special things, fine. I just want to make sure my body is optimized as much as possible to where if I don't need all the drugs. Yeah. If it comes down to eating a carnivore diet for me to not have diabetes, like that's not for me. I'll take the medicine. It's okay. And if you have to do that the rest of your life, you didn't really reverse it. You just have found a way to manage it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my endocrinologist said to me, now- it's not that he's a bad guy. I just feel like his his language around it. And, I, and that's why I typically like to have female doctors because I don't feel like he was fully aware of the sensitivities of talking about like weight in general with, with a female client. But uh, he's, he's still a good guy. But, you know, he's just like, if you just lose 40 pounds and we work you off of this medication, then you'll be good. And But the concern is if you gain the weight back, 
not only will your diabetes come back, but it'll come back worse. And it's just like, okay, I don't know if I'm meant to be my high school weight. (laughs) I'm definitely not living the same lifestyle as I was. I was a student athlete and I was a theater and I was active and you're jumping from class to class all the time and all of that. And then just, you're still developing. Like I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a grown ass woman now. So it's a little bit different. <laughs> and the older I get, my hormones are going to continue to change. So I don't know if telling me to lose and maintain a large amount of weight is the exact answer because that's, that's leading me to a mindset that could turn obsessive. And so that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So I am curious to know one when were you diagnosed, like first as a diabetic? Because you were misdiagnosed, am I right? So I have a memory of being misdiagnosed as type two, but then my mom saw my story when I said that or something and was <laughs> like, no, you weren't. Ah, so okay. My mom okay. has since corrected me. So I was diagnosed with diabetes, I think about 2007. Okay. I was 13 or 14, kind of on the, on the cusp of 14. Mm-hmm. And I was diagnosed because my dad was checking his blood sugar on his meter mm-hmm. and he didn't like whatever it was telling him. And so he said, somebody else, let me check your blood sugar. I want to make sure this meter's working mm-hmm. correctly. And my mom said, no, I don't want to go, go bother Kylie. (laughs) And so he comes over to me, pricks my finger, takes my blood sugar and then says, oh, you have to go to the doctor. Oh, wow. (laughs) So yeah. So my blood sugar was high. I don't, I don't know what it was, Mm -hmm. but I do know that looking back, I had symptoms. It's just, they hadn't been quite severe enough for anyone to notice yet. The most that anyone had noticed was my mom said, you're drinking a lot of water and you're taking like multiple water bottles to bed with you at night. And mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm really thirsty. And I, of course, had been drinking tons of water, um, using the bathroom all the time, kind of those typical diabetes symptoms. So then went to the doctor and I'm assuming they did antibody tests right away since I was 13 or 14 mm-hmm. to see if I had type one, but I didn't. So I was just kind of given a general diabetes diagnosis, apparently. Mm. They were just kind of like, you have diabetes and we don't really know what type. So I was put on metformin and just sent home. But my blood sugar was still spiking a lot. I was still having higher A1Cs. It was kind of hard to control. So my nurse practitioner was just doing some research and realized that with my family history of diabetes, so the two generations of people with diabetes, and with the fact that my dad and my grandma were taking medication that has been found to be highly effective in people with Modi, Mm -hmm. she was like, oh, ding, ding, ding that sounds right. Yeah. So she sent me to a research hospital and they did the genetic testing and came back as Modi 3. Wow. Wow. Yeah. What is it about dads who are diabetic testing on their kids? Because my dad did the (laughs) same thing, but this was before I was diagnosed. This was probably uh, while I was still in high school. It was either while I was still in high school or like my second year or so living here in Austin. I just remember I was I was at home and it was probably the only time I'd ever seen his his meter and his lancet because mm-hmm. I, other than that I've never seen my parents test their blood sugar. I've seen their medication and and obviously now especially with this platform we talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I I felt cool cuz I was like, "Hey dad, look at my CGM. You should get one, you know." So uh but he he was I can't remember what we were talking about. And then 
he goes and he grabs his meter. And so he's like, give me your finger. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. Anytime somebody says something like that, you yeah. automatic suspect, right? And he's like, ah, it'll be fine. Like, give me your finger. And my meter has, or my Lancet has it to where you can like turn down the severity of, yeah. of the spring loadedness. Yeah, he yeah. didn't do that. And then he didn't go to the side. He went right has it on 10 in, the in the middle. middle. Like, like what they do at the doctor's office. Yeah, I'm like, that they hurt. You lied. You said that wasn't going to hurt. That hurt. I'm still bleeding. Like, you know, I was so excited. I'm totally that friend that, like, will have all my friends, like, will all eat something sugary. And I'm like, all right, everybody, put out your fingers. I want to see what you're Oh, yeah. Once what, you're in it, I'm you're not- just like, let me see. Let's see. Because he was so upset after. I think it was, like, 97 at the time. He's like, so? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I even do it. We ate pizza, and I had, I was like to my husband, let me check your blood sugar. 104. Yeah. Five pieces of pizza. Yeah. Of course. Rude. So, oh, same with my partner. I think uh, he had he he had like passed out one time when he was here. So I like called EMS because he was pale. Like mm-hmm. I I'd never seen him that pale before. And so they came and they they tested his blood sugar. And I was like, oh, if that's all I needed to do, I could have did that for you. <laughs> and they looked at me and I'm like, diabetic in the house. Hello. <laughs> so they're like, oh, okay, you know what you're doing. I'm like, yeah. And so uh, they tested him and he was like, he was like 90 something. I'm like, just share oh, your blood fine. sugar, okay? Share your metabolism. Share your blood sugar. There's no fat on this man at all. And same thing, he can eat a whole box of pizza. And I'm just like, I just don't understand <laughs> why. Just a little bit. We, we joke all the time. Like, just like, let me trade my abs with you. You put in the work. And then swap back. That's all, <laughs> that's all I really want. <laughs> God bless our partners and their amazing bodies. Okay, so I... I want to actually kind of shift into, speaking of partners, kind of how your life has adjusted going through not only having diabetes at such a younger age and it not being directly like type one. You already answered my question of like the other types, which as we learned today, there are 15. (laughs) And so, but how has knowing that you have Modi like changed your day to day from, from going through it as a teenager up till now to the relationship with your husband? Like how is knowing that information really made it easier for you to manage your diagnosis well? Yeah. So when I first was diagnosed with diabetes, since it wasn't type one and since Modi still, we still make some of our own insulin, you're just not making enough. Mm -hmm. I was able to just take different type two medications. I was able to take sulfonylurea, which is the medication that seems to work really well for people with Modi. Mm -hmm. So in high school and in college, it was nice to not have to inject insulin. But as far as my relationship with like my husband goes with diabetes, he's kind of gone through some different phases of diabetes with me. Mm. We've been together for 10 years and my management has varied wildly through those 10 years. Yeah. So when we first met, I was heading into college and for the four years of college, I basically just pretended like I didn't have diabetes, mm. which I was really able to do because with Modi, I was just had to take my pills. Mm-hmm. And then for me, that was my management. But that it wasn't good. I was eating whatever I wanted. I wasn't exercising. So always had high A1Cs. But you know, he went through that with me and probably just thought diabetes is no big deal. Right. And then after college, when I decided, no, this is a thing I actually need to take care of my health, he went on the low carb journey with me mm. and we ate low carb for quite a few years. And 
when I actually started checking my blood sugar. He had to learn about what's a good blood sugar, what's a bad blood sugar, and that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And now that I've transitioned onto insulin, it's kind of our third phase, and he's had to learn a lot more about what to do if an extreme low blood sugar happens Mm -hmm. or how I need to make sure I actually know exactly how many carbs are in things and what time food is going to be ready. So he's gone through those different phases and had to kind of relearn a lot of diabetes stuff. And then he also, I've had had the talk of our children might also have diabetes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's a big part. So what was the transition like from from just oral medication to insulin? Because my dad had to be put on insulin, but it was kind of like, hey, your numbers are just so crazy right now. Like we need to bring you down ASAP. And he does insulin and a trulicity shot and still oral Mm -hmm. medication. And his insulin has gone down since doing the shot. And like myself, I'm on oral medication. And then I take an Ozampic shot once a week, which Mm -hmm. actually kind of cut down because I was doing uh, a metformin combo, the Combaglize extended. Mm -hmm release and glipizide and my endocrinologist mm-hmm. like glipizide's like old school we need to get you off of that so now I'm which thinking- is the glipizide is what works for people with modi it's really old school and so with type 2 they're moving away from it yeah. but people with modi just respond crazy like they take it and blood sugar like goes down it's like people are usually super sensitive to it wow so, wow yeah, yeah that's why knowing that you have modi versus type 2 can be really important because with type two, they're trying to move away from mm-hmm. the sulfonylureas like that. But if you have Modi, that's the first thing they try to put you on. Wow, interesting. Because yeah, I was put on. So at first, I was put on metformin, and my doctor wanted to be mindful because I was sensitive to the stomach issues. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this is not. I don't need it to be bad Mexican night every time I take these drugs. Okay, I can't. <laughs> all, all the time. And so the glipizide was to help to, to mm-hmm. slow having to ramp up the metformin. And then I had switched doctors at that point, and she was like, Mm-mm, "Let's take you off the glipizide. Let's let's up your metformin. Let's try an extended release. And if that doesn't work, then we'll add the glipizide back." And so it helped a little bit, but she did add it back. And then I finally decided to go see an endocrinologist just from you know mm-hmm. talking with different people in the space. And I'm like, "Well, for type two, a lot of times they just have your primary manage it." But I was like, "Well, mm-hmm. after learning about late onset." type one and, and Modi and everything. I'm like, let me make sure. Right. So that's yeah. what, what really pushed me. And I was trying to get a CGM because the meter, the manual meter just wasn't doing it for me. I was still mm-hmm. having weird numbers and I couldn't mm-hmm. understand. And so I'm legitimately type two. But yeah, he was like, ah, oh, yeah, no, let's put you on Sinjardi and Ozampic because they'll still get your numbers low or in range. They'll help you with weight loss, which I not a big fan of because it's it's been suppressing my appetite and he's like I need yeah. you to eat at least three times a day I'm like you know how hard that is now because you put yeah. on these drugs <laughs> like I, I'm not hungry ever which is cool I guess because I I work through eating a lot so I'm, it's not that I'm not used to that but I would still feel like but yeah hungry. if you like you enjoy eating yeah so you would like to want to eat yeah <laughs> I like food food is great I'm like I'm in taco city like come on and so I spent some time trying to to figure out like understanding the differences of them and how the Sinjardi dumps everything in urine and stuff like that. But that was one of the things that he said. He was like, yeah, the glipizide is so old school. Like we don't mm-hmm. need you on that. It's I took that for 14 years. Wow. I took glimepiride, which is similar to glipizide. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So many, so many things. So many things. Yeah. But you were asking 
about my transition to insulin. What what brought that on? Was it was it something that you asked for, or was it something that your medical team was like, I think we should move on to that? And how how did that make you feel? Because sometimes on our spaces, going on insulin feels like like the end of the world almost. Yeah, like it's like the downfall. Like you failed yeah. because you had to start taking insulin. So. I actually started taking insulin because I I finally got an endocrinologist. Mm -hmm. So I just had primary care, taking care of my diabetes for forever. Never, I saw an endocrinologist once or twice, but I finally got an endocrinologist because I wanted to start getting ready to have children. Mm -hmm. And so none of the type two medications, except maybe metformin are approved for pregnancy and metformin doesn't really do much for me. So we decided to transition to insulin, but I've actually found that I like it much better than just being on oral medication. Yeah. So when I was on oral medication, I was having to work so hard Mm -hmm. to have a good A1C. I was eating keto. I was trying to keep under like 30 carbs a day. I was scared of carbs. I would see something that had 12 carbs in it and say, no, I can't eat that. I, and my A1C would then be good. It would be like 6.3, which is great. Mm -hmm. But I remember just thinking my A1C is good, but I just, I can't eat anything. Yeah, Like I can't eat and have good diabetes. And I had never really expressed that to anyone until after I started insulin when I was like, oh my gosh, I can eat food and I can still have a great A1C and I don't have to be scared of things anymore. So that's kind of how my transition has gone and that I feel very strongly that insulin definitely is not a failure. For me, it has created a sense of freedom that I didn't have before. And yeah, I just don't feel like it's like a bad thing. Yeah. It's been awesome. So, and, and are you doing just uh, manual injections or have you tried out pumps or anything like that yet? Yeah, no, I'm just on pens because to start, this was obviously just supposed to be like, okay, for you to get ready to have kids and then have babies. And then I think I assumed I would go back on pills after that, but I don't know that I want to do that anymore. So yeah, I take my long acting insulin at night and my short acting with meals and I just have pens right now. Wow. Okay. So I have to ask this because, um, you know, seeing so many people take insulin, there's all of these uh, memes and stuff online about, about the math part. And I'm, I'm vaguely aware of it, but I don't fully understand it because it's not my day to day. So how, how are you dosing yourself for the meals that you're having? I guess we can use, I saw you had a cupcake the other day for your one year. So I'd love to understand how that, how that works. Yeah. So the cupcake was kind of a guess, but I guessed that the cupcake was 35 carbs. I think that's what I went with. Mm -hmm. So I take one unit of insulin for every seven carbs I eat. So that meant I had to, of course, divide 35 by seven to figure out that I needed to take five units of insulin for the cupcake. (laughs) So it's not quite as complicated as sometimes people make it sound, but when you're eating multiple foods, you have to add it all up and then you have to divide. And then if your blood sugar is high, you have to remember what your correction factor is. So like one unit will bring me down 50 points. So I will add one unit on if I'm 150 when I start eating. Yeah. So it's not, 
horribly complicated, but it is a little more to think about than when you're just on medication. So you're probably aware of how many carbs are in most things Mm -hmm. because you have diabetes. Mm -hmm. So you're checking to make sure it's not something over the top. But once you're actually taking insulin, you have to then put math behind how much you're going to inject. I I kind of, it's funny because math was not my favorite thing. My mom loves math. And to the point where she got me and my sister pajamas that says math is hard because (laughs) we're just like, no. And, And my mom actually went through that phase of like where it seemed like her doctors were threatening her with insulin. And so that sent her into this overdrive of, and she actually came off a a good, you know, portion of her meds, but it's just like, yo, insulin can be super helpful. It doesn't have to be this end all scary thing. Um, But I could see And neither does adding another medication. Yeah. Like if, if you're creeping up and then your doctor says, well, why don't we add a Trulicity shot? Mm -hmm. Like that's not a failure. That's just another tool that you are gaining to help keep yourself healthy. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you that you mentioned that because in some spaces, or at least I know my uh, endocrinologist, my dad is kind of going through that, trying to find that fine line between, okay, being added, give, being given this added medication is helpful versus, okay, you're just kind of stacking based off of the symptoms that are going on. Because one thing that comes up for us is uh, heart health. So mm-hmm. statin drugs for like cholesterol and things like that and trying to protect your heart. But then sometimes certain statin drugs can make you gain weight, which is the opposite of what you want. So mm-hmm. how has working with your medical team ensured that the medications that they're adjusting for you, whether that be, hey, we're just going to do insulin or let's do oral and insulin is actually progressing you versus kind of just stacking things to treat symptoms? Yeah. And I've had trouble with since just going to like a primary care doctor, Mm -hmm. I have had trouble with them totally not knowing what Modi is. Mm -hmm. And so when I went in and my A1C was like right at seven and I was already on glimipiride and um, Genuvia. Mm. So I was already on two different medications and I had a intern, I think, working with me. She had taken over my care Mm. and she really didn't know much about diabetes. Mm. So all she did, she came in and she said, well, you have diabetes and you're not on metformin. So we're just going to go ahead and put you on metformin. And there was no reasoning that like, oh, it's your blood sugar must be going higher because you're experiencing this. It was just, oh, well, you're diabetic and you're not on metformin. Right. So yeah, you really have to, yeah, figure out if like, is this medication really helping me mm-hmm. or um, is it just being thrown on there because the doctor doesn't really know what else to do with me? Yeah. So did you do a, a lot of personal research or did you get second opinions from from other medical professionals when stuff like that would come up? Or? No, no. I wish that I was better about that and I'm better about advocating for myself, but I just really didn't know a lot. I wasn't super educated about what Modi was either. And I'm, I'm not super great at sticking up for myself, so I didn't question it. I was just like, okay, I'll add two more pills to my cocktail here. So it wasn't really until now I'm going to an endocrinologist and I was kind of like, wow, this is probably what I should have been doing this whole time. Someone who actually has the research and the background to know a little more about what to do with my management. Yeah, that's something that that popped up in a clubhouse room that I was in where uh, she was a primary care physician. They were talking about diabetes tech in in the medical space. And she was saying in, in her, I think she was in Arkansas, that endocrinologists were like booked out for months and that a lot Mm -hmm. of primary care physicians were having to take on learning and understanding about diabetes because it's changing so much because 
no one can get a hold of an endocrinologist to really decipher the data on on what's going Mm -hmm. on. So I definitely uh, feel like the medical world is having to push to stay up to date and not just from a specialist standpoint, because if, if a primary care physician can treat diabetes in some form and prescribe medication for it, then they have to work to be up to date on all the different forms and other mm-hmm. types of medications that can help for that because it's it's growing and it's it's like a weird like it's growing and you're like oh man I, I understand people this can be hard for people but at the same time we're such a great community and mm-hmm. a lot of us are thriving so it's like what do I cheer for <laughs> you know what I mean like do I cheer that we have space for you or do I'm like ah oh, this sucks not another one yeah it's like welcome we're not really happy you're here, but like, we got your back. Help you. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting and, and kind of crazy, which kind of leads me into your, your advocacy for Modi. Cause again, had it not been for what you've been doing on, on Instagram, I never would have known. So I would love to, you know, hear more about why you decided to just be so open and share your journey about your experience with Modi. Yeah. Basically, so on my personal Instagram, I had just started following some different people with diabetes, looking up the hashtag diabetes, following people with different types, Mm -hmm. and had a friend who actually started her own type one Instagram page. Mm -hmm. And so kind of after she saw, after she did that, and I kind of saw what she was doing, I started searching for people with Modi and trying to find hashtags about it and different accounts. And I just couldn't find a single account of a person with Modi mm-hmm. that w- that's what they were talking about. So it was smack dab in the middle of quarantine and I had lots and lots of free time. And so I just decided to go ahead and make an account about Modi because I couldn't find any anywhere. So I thought might as well make my own. And it's become so much bigger than I ever thought it would be. I didn't think anybody would care. But suddenly after my first educational post, there were tons of people who were so interested and mm-hmm. so willing to learn and find out more. And it's been really exciting. Yeah, no, I've I've seen. So I I indirectly came across, <clears throat> excuse me, your, your account because I follow certain diabetic hashtags because very similar to you when I was diagnosed, type one community is strong. Like they've been strong for a minute, right? Because either you have it because you've had it from such a young age or you're a caregiver for kids Mm -hmm. or or family members. But for type two, especially because it's something that is not easily detectable, it's hard to know the community because if you're not asking your doctor to regularly test you every year for it, you have no clue. And sometimes it might be too late. And so finding people who are type two that are my age was really hard. Now it's a lot easier and it's cool. And I've let go of just looking for type two. I'm like, okay, as diabetics, we all go through this. Yeah, we're all in this together. So let me just find everybody. And it was, I can't remember which hashtag it was, but they had reposted your picture about uh, cinnamon doesn't cure diabetes. (laughs) Who started that? Like, I don't who know. And that? it's so relevant in type (laughs) two spaces. Like it's posted about so much in like Facebook diabetes support groups, Mm -hmm. somebody will be like, I'm taking cinnamon every day. And now my diabetes is reversed. And I'm like, no, don't tell people that. Stop lying. lying. Like there's just no amount that you can take. Like I put cinnamon on my, you know, tea and coffee drinks because I just genuinely like cinnamon. Yeah. It has nothing to do. It's same thing with turmeric. I've seen that be like, hey, turmeric is is a natural seasoning that can help adjust blood. Yeah. And that's, 
that's great. It's still not a cure and it's uh-uh. still not necessarily even a medication. Mm-hmm. Like it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you'd have to eat the whole root plant just for it to actually move the needle a bit. Like I like golden <laughs> milk cause I just like it and it's great for a face mask, but to make sure my blood sugar is in check. Mm-mm. I don't know who started that, but that, that got my attention. And, and then when they reposted it, they included your caption. And that's when I saw your hash, your, your handle of my life with Modi. I'm like, what is that? Let me see. Oh, oh, <laughs> you know, like yeah. this is so. so I actually, I don't like the accounts that repost stuff like that because mm-hmm. they actually, it's mostly them stealing other people's stuff and reposting it without permission. Mm-hmm. But I do like hearing that you found me. <laughs> they did. They did credit you. So I will I'm say, I'm having mixed feelings about <laughs> this account that reposted my post. I'm positive without permission because that post went everywhere yeah. I was like constantly reporting or like messaging like hey you didn't have my permission stop reposting my stuff yeah you know Instagram's weird like that because I have the the repost app and I didn't really think about it because it's it's the a lot of people are, are bothered by the credit and so this one it credits your account make sure that like it's showing from that but I'm just like oh yeah maybe I should ask because it's 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 important that you feel comfortable with where it's going to and some and it of really them- depends on like if you had reposted something like that I can see that you're a real person mm-hmm. and that you are you have diabetes and stuff it's these accounts that say like I have diabetes fo- uh, follow for tips and tricks to reverse and then it has a or like to buy a t-shirt yes. and it has a weird sketchy link like I'm not please do not repost my stuff to sell your sketchy yeah t-shirt on a link that might give someone a computer virus like I that's where I really draw the line is when it seems like it's almost not a real person running the account and and when everything they post is just posts from other people in the diabetes online community Mm -hmm. I've started blocking all of those accounts so they can't even steal my stuff it's it's crazy whenever you're trying to do the right thing and just provide your personal experience. And these bot accounts are just, Mm -hmm. especially now that I've started doing video, like I get so many messages now from like, let me get your YouTube views up. And I'm like, you have zero followers. No. Yeah. You have zero followers and a weird name that makes no sense. Like, what is this picture? Is that like, is, are you messaging me? Is that a Voltron picture? Like, how does this help Oh, it just out of the woodworks or like promoted on this, the same account that does it. And then I go to it and it's like, okay, it looks like you are promoting podcasts, but then I click the link and it's for something weird. I'm like, "Mm, yeah. So yeah, if you guys are listening, there's a lot of that out there. You're seeing these crazy accounts that don't seem to have a real person behind it. It's usually those tips, those, those tips accounts or, or nutrition accounts Mm -hmm. you got to look out for because slimy anyways. So do you have any plans to to kind of expand on on your life with Modi stuff? I know you, you you seem very passionate about your musical therapy, and I think that's awesome. But now that you're kind of getting this attraction of, like, people wanting to connect with you because finally someone with Modi is able to, oh, they look like me. They understand the things that I'm going through. Do you have any plans to expand that to, to any other forms of advocacy here? Um. Currently, not really. I have a TikTok where I've posted a few videos, but that's, it's really just, it's more my personal TikTok and it's just kind of for fun. And I just watch other people's mindlessly scroll for hours. But no, right now I'm just kind of focusing on the Instagram. I think it's reaching a lot of people that way. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of people just like you who 
say, Hey, I never heard about this. I learned about it because of you. I had someone message me yesterday and Mm. say, thank you. My son just got diagnosed with Modi because I found your account and then was able to ask for him to be tested. That's awesome. So right now I'm pretty comfortable with kind of where I'm at. I guess the next step could be like a blog, but I don't know how how much work I would actually put into that. <laughs> sure. But I can I can plug if anybody's interested in a Modi blog. My friend Jesse, who also now has a Modi diabetes Instagram account, has her blog is called Modi and Me. So oh. I can plug her account because she's doing the work too. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely put her information in the show notes because I think the more that we have uh, us in the community sharing our individual stories, like it's it makes it so much easier to connect. And I love that someone was able to reach out to you and be like, oh my God, thank God. <laughs> because that's how I felt when I came into the space. I'm like, finally, my peers. We can talk about things because as we continue to grow, so many things change in our world and it's nice to be able to just lean or just watch and be like, okay, I can go have a drink or I can have a cupcake or I can travel or I can do these things. And it's so great to see us being so dynamic and expansive in so many different spaces. And you never know who's watching and whose life you might change simply because they can relate to your story. So thank you so much for being willing to uh, be vulnerable online and share your experiences. Because again, I had no idea and I feel so much better because now I can be, I can adjust my language in, hey, are you a diabetic? what type and not assume that it's one or two because we're all, you know, kind of conditioned to think that that's it. These Mm -hmm. two. And it was easy to manage that way. And I think it's, it's challenging us all from a medical side to non-medical side to grow and to understand that like we have to be willing to address the fact that this is very individual Mm -hmm. and we can't treat things like a one size fits all. I think a lot of stuff in the world is, is pointing to that. Like we can be a community but it doesn't mean that you are lost in the crowd either. You still stand out. Well, that's really awesome. I'm excited to continue following your account and see all the cool things that you're up to and and to check out your friend's blog as well. So that leads me to my last kind of two questions. I would love to know, and I love to ask all of my diabetic guests this, what's one piece of advice that you would give somebody who is newly diagnosed with Modi or maybe they've been misdiagnosed as type 2 and now they've found out their correct diagnosis with Modi? What's the piece of advice that you would give to them? I would just say, and I need to take this advice as well, is just that you have to be your own advocate, Mm -hmm. especially if you have a rare type of diabetes. You need to advocate that you are different than type 1 or that you are different than type 2 and that things might be different, that your treatment might need to be different. And it took me until learning so much about Modi because of my account, I've learned, I feel just as much as you guys, that now I I know all of this and I feel empowered to be able to advocate for myself. But yeah, you just, you have to be your own advocate because nobody else is really going to stand up for you the way you are. Yeah. Yeah. You best. So make sure that whatever you're receiving is with your best interest in mind. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So how can people connect with you if they want to see, if you decide to do you know, a a, a Modi blog, or maybe if you throw the music into it and make like a a diabetic group playlist or something like that, how can they keep up with you and all the cool things you're doing? Right now, it's just my Instagram um, at my life with Modi. That's awesome. I will ensure that that is in the show notes. And thank you for all of the resources as well. You guys, she left me with a bunch of great information. (laughs) So I will make sure everybody has access to that. Again, Kylie, I am so grateful 
you definitely taught me a lot. Okay. So at the, <laughs> at the top, you were, you were nervous. Trust me. I learned a lot. I've got some more research to do. Um, alongside these these articles you sent me. Well, you guys, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Remember, every Tuesday and Thursday, you can check out the show at Healing in Hindsight on Instagram if you want to know what I'm up to or who my next guest is. Thank y'all. We'll catch you next week. Perfect. Y'all, my brain is still wrapping. I, I, I'm still trying to understand 15 different types of Modi by itself. Okay, just just Modi diabetes. There's still a type three that's got to. There's so many types, you guys. And wow, Kylie, thank you, thank you again so much for just being willing to share your story and your vulnerability and all the things that you've gone through and being a huge advocate for people so that they can understand what's going on to have a family reach out and say, Hey, I was able to tell my son's medical team to retest, to make sure that he's got the right diagnosis and everything. That is truly awesome. So seriously, go follow Kylie at my life with Modi on Instagram. And I will ensure to link everything that she shared in the show notes, including her friend who also has a blog all about Modi, Modi and me. That's so cute. I love it like Marley and me. Okay. Anyways, make sure that you just, you just keep up guys. I mean, as technology involves, as our diagnosis changed, like there's so much information out there that we can learn. There's so much that we can do to ensure that we're making sure people are aware that there's more than just two types. And hey, if you're a type two diabetic like myself and you were diagnosed at a fairly early age or rounds that early 20s type of thing, talk to your medical team. I went and talked to mine and ensure that you've been diagnosed correctly, especially if you have a family history of it, because it could make or break your experience as a diabetic. And we want to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to optimize our bodies to make sure that this disease does not control us. So Kylie, thank you again. Thank you all for listening and for your time and energy. And I'll catch you guys next week. Perfect.